0: Hey, all you Rad Dads out there.
1: Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rad Dad Show, the parenting podcast where we ask inspiring dads the question, what does it mean to be a Rad Dad? My name is Brett, and I'm excited to bring you a very special episode today. This episode is a recording of an in-person interview, live from Arcadia Brewing with Edmonton's own Ryan Jesperson, local media personality. We brought folks together at Arcadia to listen to Ryan share his perspectives on parenting as a dad of two boys, Wyatt and Noah. And it was honestly really refreshing to be able to do our first in-person interview in almost three years since the pandemic started. And as usual, Rad Dads donated the profits from the event. This time, we donated to Free Play for Kids, who are an organization in Edmonton who provide low-cost, low-barrier opportunities for kids to get involved in sports. Right off the bat we learned our lesson about interviewing someone who interviews people for a living. Ryan turned the tables and got Christian to dish about his governor general's award for teaching. And then he reprised his role as the voice of the Edmonton Oilers t-shirt toss for the rad dad's t-shirt toss. But of course we got into parenting too. And Ryan told us about his dadder day tradition with his son on the weekend. And he discussed some of the silver linings of the pandemic for his family. And He shared some stories about his relationship with his own dad. And finally, Ryan told us about Relay Communications, which is the parent organization for Real Talk with Ryan Jesperson, uh, Seriously Podcast, and The Hedge. And he shared why the day that this interview happened was a really special day for Real Talk. This was live, so we did encounter a couple minor audio issues, but we know you'll enjoy it regardless. What are we waiting for? Here's Ryan Jesperson on the Rad Dad Show live.
0: side of the table compared to last time we met.
2: Yeah, that's right. You and I spoke uh, I don't know how many months ago, but uh, It's
0: about a year ago.
2: Yeah, about a year ago yeah. on, uh, on my daily adventure, which is Real Talk. Uh, we'd say it's uh, Real Talk about news politics and pop culture and um, you were on talking about something to do with skateboard. I don't even remember exactly what we were talking about. It was like a teaching related thing with skateboarding or something, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to brag, but I yeah, I'm brag. Not, you won, won
0: a big award. I won a big award, I won a big award like
2: it? a national award, yeah. like
0: an international award, wasn't it? A governor General award.
2: Yeah, governor. You might have. You, you might have heard of that, <laughs> Governor General. Yeah.
0: Uh, thank you. Yeah, it, was, it was. But it was for. It
2: was for a. Was for a um, t- you should. You should plug your. Have you plugged it on your podcast
0: yet? Uh, kind of, but not really. <laughs> was this his subtle way of getting me to set him up to plug his no, thing? not at all. Um, actually, though, like, it's, but the, it is But it's fitting. very cool. It is fitting in the sense that tomorrow, what tomorrow is. Yeah. Uh, so for those that don't know, I, I won a Governor General Award for teaching excellence in uh, history. And so it was a, a project where I had students uh, explore colonialism, reconciliation with skateboard art. Uh, so I, I run, I'm a high school teacher. Well, I'm actually on some comment right now, but I am a high school teacher and I run a skateboard uh, business class, and as part of that it was a collaboration um, with, uh, well, a few individuals but mainly Joe Buffalo, so if if you don't know who Joe Buffalo is, I highly recommend you check out his docu- docu documentary, there we go, that's the word, Uh, yeah, just kind of reached out to him, he worked with us students and we created skateboard art, uh, had it at local 124, an art project, like an art I don't know what I'm thinking. He's right, a pro so. skater from Masco Chiefs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing yeah, so story. Out, yeah, and he's out of Vancouver now. He, yeah. he, he came into the class, worked with the students, and, um, yeah, they just created these works of art that were fl- reflective of what we're, you know, talking about tomorrow and thinking about tomorrow. And this is really kind of pre, pre-discovery of, yes. you know, of what's kind of fold in, you know, has happened over the number of la- last couple of years and so it was kind of like at the precipice of of this and i don't know i don't know what to say about that it's just uh, it's just kind of let me ask you
2: something bit. about it why did you so if this was before uh you know
0: like if you just say 215
2: to anybody in canada you just feel it like a punch in the gut and everybody gets it everybody knows what that means there was um, I think it was early in June, right, that this, that, that, that not, and it's not a discovery, it's a reminder for us of what residential school survivors had been telling the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, thousands of them reliving their trauma to go on the record. Um, and then people, uh, Canadians and Indigenous people in Canada, started to feel, I think en masse, um, this impetus this this mandate to better understand what happened and to recognize it and to understand what the word reconciliation means. You notice that like the average citizen will capital R the word reconciliation. I think it's a subtle thing, but I actually think it's major. And, um, but I'm interested to know why you were doing this and what prompted you to do that project
0: pre-215. Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm comfortable talking about it because I don't feel like I have enough knowledge or well, the reason why actually goes back to my high school. Does anybody know the band Propagandi? <laughs> do, you know do you know the song Oka? I don't even know the name of the song, Oka, Oka Everywhere. So it's a song about, well, about lots of things, but, but basically kind of the, the struggles uh, that indigenous people have had in Canadian history. And so that's always kind of like resonated with me and that kind of led that kind of path. I, I grew up with a, a kid, uh, his name's JV, and uh, growing up, he always said he was Lebanese. But I found out after um, he, after um, that he wasn't. He was actually an indigenous, but he was embarrassed to say, mm. say that around his friends, like his closest friends, me being one of them. And I always kind of thought of that song and that his story. And so it's always kind of been with me in that sense. And then the inspiration for the project actually came from a company that does it a lot better than I did. It was really just me mimicking and modeling my what they were doing and bringing it to my students. Uh, so it, it's a company called Colonialism Skateboards. Highly recommend you check them out. So it's uh, Michael out of, uh, he's out of Saskatchewan. Uh, his whole mandate is to uh, skateboarding education, education about our colonial past and that I just happen to get recognized and really the recognition should go to him, not me, not me, but. Uh, well, here you are going on the record with it. That's great. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're not here to talk about that, but thank you. We're here to talk about whatever. <laughs> so, so for those that don't know about the Rad Dad Show, it's, it's something I kind of conjured up a number of years ago as an excuse to talk to people, mainly punk rock, uh, musicians that uh i admire uh i always had like three uh, three people i really wanted to get on the show we'll say four now ryan jesperson being one of them yeah <laughs> uh, uh greg graffin the lead singer from B- bad religion still trying to get him on the show um mark balke from snfu the great band from edmonton so i had him on the show and um uh, who is who is the other one? Chris Hanna, lead singer from Propagandy. So I've had two of the three uh, and that's been fun. What's uh, that Propagandy? Is Hey Coach's Corner? What's it called? Dear Coach's Corner. Dear Coach's yes. Corner. A great
2: song. My cousin, do you know my cousin Carson? Maybe Carson Mills put that song on my radar. We were talking about something similar to how we've just opened this podcast uh, just a short time ago and and he put that back on my radar, and he texted it to me, and I just, I'm sitting in a parking lot, I can still picture it right now, and I just turned it up, and it just sat there, and I was like, it was blowing my mind all over again. Every person, I mean, don't press pause on the podcast right now, but after you listen to this entire podcast, go listen to that song and read the lyrics, it'll blow your
0: mind. Yeah, they, they have lots that are like that. Love it. <laughs> so the... The, the idea of the Rad Dad Show is to ask dads the same questions, so we have this kind of script, and just get your perspective on parenting. That, that's, that's all there is to it. Great. You ready? None of us pretend to be experts, right? <laughs> exactly. There's better parents exactly. in the crowd right now. Exactly. I know like 10 of them, so. Well, you bring up a good point. Like better, define better parents. But that's yeah. not my first question. We'll maybe come back to that. So, we always start out the same way. Who are you? Oh. Uh.
2: Well, I yeah, I'm a, am a uh, yeah, well, whatever. It sounds like an Instagram bio. I'm a husband uh, to one, a father to two, uh two dogs. I uh long-time uh, you know, local media personality. I've hosted television, I've written in newspaper and have hosted talk radio and um you know, um was prominently fired from a a, a great terrestrial radio gig a couple of years ago. Thank you. And um and uh but it was it was sort of like the uh, the moment that uh, that propelled me forward into what I'm doing now, which is a really exciting venture called Relay, which is a company um, that's uh, putting out uh, new digital independent media, including my daily uh, talk show Real Talk, which people can check out at RyanJesperson.com. So um, I'm the former in game host for the Edmonton Oilers, and I invented the T-shirt toss.
0: I might be most oh, proud of that. That's awesome. The T-shirt yeah. toss. Okay, there we go.
2: Yeah. You want to hear it? Yeah, well, you have to, like, build and build and build. So you you, you you kind of start like this, and then you kind of remind everybody that we're lucky to be here. We're so excited to hang out because, because you know, darn it, we didn't get to hang out for a long time. But, man, it's good to see your faces now, and I'm so glad you're here with me. So make some noise with me because we're looking for the loudest fans in Arcadia because it's time for a Rad Dad's T-Shirt
0: That's the first one I've done in like two years. There we go. Yeah, you you heard it here, and and we do have a T-shirt. We're gonna toss one out. There we Oh are. yeah! Here we go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you mentioned you're a dad. That's why you're here. Care to yeah. share the name and ages of your kids?
2: Absolutely. Uh, Wyatt uh, turned seven at the end of July. Uh, just an amazing little guy. And his uh, little brother, Noah, was born on June 2nd. So he's about four months old. A, new, a newbie. Yeah. A newbie. Do you consider yourself a rad dad? Well, I don't think you can call yourself rad. Uh, I'm definitely a dad. Um, but I think that I want to... Um, yeah, I don't know. I want to be uh, uh, relevant and involved and uh, passionate about my kids' lives. And... Um, I want them to ultimately respect me and want a relationship with me as adults, and uh, so whatever, you know, that probably dictates and directs how I approach my parenting, and I'm, and I'm proud to be a dad, so
0: hopefully that answers the question. But, but you won't, you, you said you, you can't call yourself a rad. Why, why did you say that?
2: Oh, I don't know. It's just like people that give themselves their own
0: nickname. Like, you just can't <laughs> really, you can't, you know, well, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean, but at the same time, our, our mandate is kind of to empower dads and for yeah. them to kind of be proud of their achievements. Oh yeah, well fuck yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, there's nothing wrong sure. with patting yeah, yourself no. on the back and saying, sure. yeah, "I'm doing a pretty rad job." Yeah. So yeah. do you want to like re-answer that question? Like, yeah. You well, i you know,
2: yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. What characterize? I'm trying to fi- I'm trying to figure out who's going to be listening to this, and you know, is this like are people looking for like parenting advice, or do they just want insights no, uh, into what makes definitely me not tick?
0: Parenting advice.
2: Yeah. So, so. I'm kind of like you know. Uh, Yeah, I snowboard and I smoke weed. Does that make me rad? um, uh, But uh, yeah, no. I think I think that I, I I think that my boys probably. You know, Noah doesn't really know what's going on yet, but he's just starting to smile and there's like the odd giggle and that's obviously making our hearts explode. Um, but, yeah, Wyatt and I have, have special time together, and uh, I'm with him on the ice when he's playing hockey and, and uh, always sort of cheering him on when he's at swimming lessons, and, and um, you know, we love kind of going back and forth on the drum kit every once in a while, and, and um, uh, you know, we have dadder days from time to time. Yeah, we go grab brunch. He loves Route 99. He loves, like, he's got his favorite brunch spots. And uh and yeah, we just love spending time together. And he and he's just turned seven, so he's still young enough. Like he still kisses me on the lips before he goes to bed, which is just the that, greatest that changes about thing of all time. <laughs> yeah. Well yeah, I mean I think already he's kinda like outgrowing some of the stuff, so. cause 'cause he he's got his first crush at school. So he told us. So I think he's kinda more cognizant now of like how he's being perceived by the other kids, you know?
0: Right. Yeah. Right. So, so, yeah, you've, you've mentioned kind of some things that you do. And So what do you think makes a dad a rad dad? What are some traits? We, we purposely start with that question, you know, define yourself, you know, do you consider yourself a rad dad? And so there's kind of two ways you, we've, I've seen kind of people answer that question. It's like, okay, I've yeah, I party and do all this stuff. Right, yeah. yeah, rad. Or I have dadder days and I have these favorite, then I'm on the ice, that sort of thing. So it, I think it's kind of pretty rad to party of, of both of late Friday into Saturday morning and then
2: still have Dadder Day yeah. and, and be on the ice on on Saturday night together. That's, that's what I think is. I think, it's, I think it's like you can't prescribe a or you can't sort of impose a formula of like here's what a good dad or a good parent looks like, here's what a lousy one. Well, I think you can define what a lousy one looks like, but... Um, you know, some people's availability is different. Some people's um, sort of like, you know, understanding or background or their own experience in relationships or figuring out their own life or whatever. It's all going to be different. But I think one of the things that I have struggled with, actually, and, and uh, the COVID kind of was, was a, a, a big reset for me in a lot of ways, right? Like, um, you know, everyone has their own story. I'm not acting like mine's special, but, um, you know, getting fired was kind of only part of it. You know, the hockey season was shut down, so I, I wasn't working hockey games and, and live events were done, so I wasn't working live events. And it was um, like, gee, some people died. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, like, it was a, it was a huge interruption to our lifestyle and our, our whole sort of operations as a family. But at the same time, um, we were also, there was nothing happening. And so we were forced to be together all the time in the most wonderful way and there were these major reconnections, and at a really special time in Wyatt's life, I had a, I was going to host an event, Um, I won't say which one, it doesn't matter, but like, they just won't want to be dragged into it, but I remember uh, coming home one day, and it was like a, it had been, you know, whatever, big day on the radio station, whatever, and then I had some lunch, working with someone, talking about something, and then some meeting with somebody about something, and then I come, you know, roaring into the house, and at the time, driving a sponsored vehicle. So it's like, you know, life's amazing in that context. It's like beautiful AMG that would like, I could never afford myself. And like roll in hot to the house. I in my nice suit and whatever. And, what, you know, Wyatt meets me at the door. It's like straight out of the movies, right? Like three and a half years old. Daddy. And he's like running to me. And I'm like, hey, kiddo, what's up? And I'm kind of like looking at my watch. And I'm like, I've got to be hosting an event tonight. And it's black tie. So I've got to change out of the suit into a tux and get out of here and get into an Uber and go, and so I'm like, I'll be right, I'm going to be right down at whatever. And, like, this kid's been waiting all day or whatever, but you know what I mean. I go up, and I'm, like, tying the bow tie and everything, but, like, my head is just, like, I'm not, like, I'm just, like, uh, you know. And I'm coming down the stairs, and I remember I'm putting on these patent black leather shoes, and I'm getting ready to go out to this big thing. And he comes up to me, he's, like, three and a half years old, and his lips quivering. And he's, like, you're leaving again? And he just, starts getting, and I was so rattled. I'm still rattled talking about it. And I'm in this Uber going to this event and I'm like, I, I was like not in a good headspace to be hosting an event. I was like, it doesn't matter what I'm, what they would pay me to do this. It's not worth what just happened, you know? And so COVID was like, I mean, eat, like whatever, the, you want to have real talk on your podcast and everything like, you know, the health of our marriage, like the health of my relationship with my son at the time, like my personal health and mental well-being and all those types of things um, required a reset, and it came with the pandemic that had some devastating elements to it but also it's like that whole metaphor or cliche or whatever about like the wildfire that burns through but it has to burn through every 100 years or so so the new stuff can grow so that's kind of where I'm at right now and and COVID had a big and wonderful impact on my relationship with Wyatt and now with Noah so
0: yeah that's nice I, I would agree you know there was times where I could think with my son it's like we have really nothing to do. Do you want to watch another movie? It's like the third one we've watched today. We're yeah. like, yeah. So I I, I, so I you're totally, hanging out. totally get that. But then it, you kind of we're slowly kind of seeing things go back to normal. And I was talking to you earlier. It's like today was my son's first hockey game and I like saw two shifts and I had to like run here and like all the way I'm like, "Hey, you know, his his mom's there. And, like, hey, keep me updated all the way like yeah. down here." And so I was checking all the way. Brett's like, "Oh, like, okay, well, let's get set up." I'm like, "Ah, oh, I got to check the score of the hockey game." Like yeah. But you
2: also know that, like, you know, later tonight or tomorrow and later tomorrow afternoon, I think there's other ways to, like, make him feel so special about that. And, right, I mean, it's just, like, finding ways to be
0: present and um, everybody does that differently. Agree. So, let me ask you that question then, like, what makes a rad dad, what makes a dad a rad dad? What are the traits that make one, you said presence is, is important? Yeah, the, and I don't want other things. I
2: don't want to BS and and be a hypocrite because like I'm I really actually it's a challenge for me to be totally present. Um I'm I'm I have a hard time shutting off my brain. I'm 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 actually quite disorganized. <laughs> so uh just ask my pals that are here. <laughs> they know. Um, and so, uh, like I'm, I'm always kind of like thinking about something that I'm late to do, or I'm th- I mean, you guys, even probably in our correspondence trying to plan this thing <laughs> back to you like five days later. Um, you know, cause I'm just not good at that stuff. And so, um, it takes some discipline actually to, to like put my phone away and everything. But I, it's the same thing. It comes back to Wyatt. He's a smart kid. He notices things and, and uh, I think most kids probably do. And, you know, hearing him say, like, Dad, put your phone down. I'm like, that is such an indictment. That's gross. Like, I, I hope he's still young enough that he's not going to remember saying that to me because that's so embarrassing, you know? And, um, <laughs> man, there's a few things on the list that I hope that he's young enough that he's not going to remember so far. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I remember even just the other day, I was I was, I was I was, checking GPS. I was checking GPS, but I was on my phone behind the wheel. <laughs> And he's like, dad. He's like, no texting and driving. He's like, I'm telling mom. And I was like, Why well, wasn't texting. And he's like, you're on your phone. And I'm like, I'm arguing with like a six-year-old. And he's right. Um, so I'm like, I did, yeah, I just want to, I don't know. It's like the modern day version of the people that would say like back in the day, their dad would always have like, he was like, Julian. He'd have like a rum and go behind the wheel all the time, right? For us, it'll be My our phones. My dad had a
0: stubby, a beer. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right yeah. That's that's a true story, actually. <laughs> um, okay, we'll get a little deeper here. In what ways has fatherhood changed you? Wow. Uh, it's made me
2: less selfish. Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, it's changed me in every way.
0: What are For some sure. of those ways?
2: Yeah. Less selfish. Uh I think more about, like, my long-term well-being because I want to be part of their lives for as long as possible. I did really... I was always, like, you know, you, like, go camping for the weekend and someone brings a pack of cigarettes, and I'm like, I will crush that whole pack of smokes <laughs> if you let me. Like, it's like you know, my brother would look at me and be like, that's so disgusting. Like, what do you... Mean? I'm just like... It's just, like, in the moment. It's like the experience of doing something with, like, at, at your own peril, but, like, it doesn't... It does, you just sort of don't wrap your mind around, like, longer-term, like... Things like getting cancer or like you know having part of your throat cut out, and then you I don't know, and then you have kids and you just like want to see them turn sixty. I'm not going to probably because i we had kids a little bit later, yeah, but I hope I do still,
0: okay, so there, there's there's that piece um, were you scared, or did you have any fears about becoming a dad? Yeah yeah.
2: It it always feels, it feels weird to say this on the record and in front of people, but I was, I, I sort of never, one of my best friends in the world um, you know described, like before he and his wife had their beautiful boys sort of described this like family sized void that he would feel this like chunk that would be missing out of his heart if he didn't have a family and I I, I I didn't like inherently strongly feel that I I was always thrilled for friends when they were pregnant or had babies and always was like excited to see the kids, but didn't necessarily feel that I had, that that had to be part of my life. Um, and then when, when we decided to have a family, um, and it wasn't as easy as you'd think either. We had some, you know, some tough times along the way and stuff, uh, with both boys actually. Um, you know, then, uh, you have that family, you have that little kid and it just blows your mind and, you know, yeah, it's pretty special obviously it's uh it's a huge responsibility and um it just it it like if i don't know like what really drives somebody to want to be a better person like there's a lot of superficial elements that i don't know are really actually that uh powerful in influencing people, but when it comes to actually like wanting to be a better person or to be more involved in a, in a family or to, to, you know, people talk about things like legacy, like what is your legacy or how do you, uh, you know, how do you sort of wrap your mind around what's important to you in life? Most people would say, most people would say that it probably comes back to their family, right?
0: Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. What are the most rewarding aspects of being a dad?
2: Man um well most rewarding aspect is just like I don't know I just I, I just have this huge smile on my face right now just thinking of my I'm just picturing yeah, my boys yeah like, like I'm so just I don't know I guess just like that. being a part of just I don't know just getting to watch, having a front row seat to watch the uh, I mean I'm saying this before they're like arrested for the first time or like caught shoplifting. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be like, those sons. Of
0: <laughs> maybe that's, yeah, maybe that would be a reward. Yeah, like, like, oh, I'm in the, I'm in the honeymoon in the phase that's right now. But, yeah, car. no, it Look just feels
2: it feels like just a huge honor to be, to, be, to be able to watch somebody go from, like, you know, literally watching their, uh, what do they say when the baby's born the head crowns, I think, don't they call it? Uh, you know, to from, from, like, that moment or the first ultrasound you see to, like. Like I said, their
0: first crush or their first whatever or their first, i mean it's wild is there something that kind of sticks out like a like a a proud dad moment in in why it's why it's seven years that huh he's very, he's
2: very he's um, very he he's uh, very intrigued by by uh homelessness and and sort of the unhoused population, like very intrigued, talks about it often and notices. Those people, which is special to me, like, like really notices them, like says hello and talks and strikes up conversation and like is compelled to like he asks, he wonders about, I mean, in his childlike way about, you know, how you would solve it. So he doesn't use that word, but uh, how you would address it. And, um, he's, he's compassionate and, uh, he's generous. And so that makes me really proud he 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 loves. He can't walk past a busker without tipping, which is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you could teach that, but I don't think we did. I think that was just inherent with him. He has a real. He he really. he he, he, he loves to show his appreciation for other people.
0: Yeah. So like, where did that come from? You said inherent, but like.
2: Well, I don't know. I'm. I don't know where. I mean, I. I mean, I. I would have my guesses. I think like he's got four amazing grandparents. His mom and his dad love him very much. I. We're. You know. My wife, Carrie, and I are both very expressive. I'm, I'm a very emotional person, good and bad. Highs and lows, strikes and gutters. And uh, um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I think, uh, like, he's, he's a good kid. He's just a good kid. Yeah. He just really is. He's he, 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 You know, there's, there's like, I'll say something right now, and when, when someone first hears this, they, they they'll smile, and they'll think it's cute. But then the more you think about it, you realize how many layers there are at play. So there's this little boy next door. He's like, I think he's like 11 years old or something. And Wyatt's like not even six at the time. He's five at the time. And he's learning new words and things like this. And, and he, he runs to the back steps on the house and he looks over the fence. This little guy's name is Nixon. And he goes, hey, Nixon, do you know what vocabulary means? <laughs> and Nixon's like looking back at him. And I'm like, that is an incredible question do you know what vocabulary means? Because if you don't know what vocabulary means, I mean, it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm like, he's like five? Like, what? He just, he's on this, I, every parent thinks they're kids. I'm not saying he's special. I'm just saying he's he's on another level with certain things. And people that have met him know he he he, he, he he's not always, I mean, he has like poop jokes and things like that. But he kind of thinks like an adult in certain ways. He lo- He wants to be around the adults at the party, you know? I shouldn't. I shouldn't tell this. No, I won't tell the story because it'll get this this brewery in trouble. But um, he he loves sneaking behind the bar in this place. <laughs> he wants to be grown up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wants to be at the adult table.
0: That's great. Um, we're gonna shift shift gears a little bit. Uh, are you you comfortable describing the relationship with your dad? Yeah, it's amazing.
2: Yeah, I love my dad like crazy. He's a a retired family doctor. Um, uh, Grew up in Calgary, same as me. Um, Played football, med school at the U of A. Um, You know, met my mom, asked my mom to marry him in Banff. She said yes and then said no the next day. (laughs) And then um, months later, she was like impatient and saying, well, when are you going to ask me? And he was like, well, on my own time and like did the long play and then asked her again. And it's just like one of my favorite stories. My mom's a lot like me, like very, uh, like, uh, vocal and uh, not all the time, but like, you know, she's assertive and, and things like that. And, and, uh, not that my dad's not, but my dad's a little more quiet, contemplative. Um, you know, he, he writes poetry. He's, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, his you know his patients were huge for him. I remember as a kid, um, he'd pick me up from school, so he'd like work. He'd see patients in his in his office, and then he would pick me up at school, like after basketball practice or whatever, and then we'd go to the hospital and he and I'd hang out with the nurses at the nurses' station while he'd do his rounds at the hospital. And it was it was special um, to just see him in that context right? Like, cause he's just your dad, but then he's like Dr. Jesperson, right? And then he's on, you know, seeing all the, and it was just, uh, yeah, I've got so much respect for my dad and he has so much respect for his dad. They had a special relationship too. And, um, and my parents have been, uh, like it's, it's been, they had four kids. I'm the eldest of four and we're all kind of wild cards in our own way. Um, you know, my, my brother works in harm reduction uh, at, at Insight in, in, on East Hastings in Vancouver. Uh, my sister is a counsellor, a, a counselling therapist in, in, on Vancouver Island uh, and works a lot with trans seniors uh, and has like, my sister is just a fascinating and, and, uh, and uh, a force of nature, Megan is. And then my youngest brother Jonas uh, is operations manager and grow master at Joy Botanicals. He grows like the best pot in Canada. So, <laughs> um, and we grew up in, as as very conservative Christians, and so it's a it's a very interesting uh, it's a very interesting mix. And my parents, my mom was a teacher, and my dad a physician, and they were always very supportive of of like literally. And, and you can just say that, but they actually really were very supportive of whatever we chose to do or whatever we pursued which I think would be tough for people that you know if you're a teacher you want your kids to be a teacher if you're a doctor you want your kids to be a doctor I'm a teacher I
0: never want my kids to be a
2: teacher actually (laughs) well it's tough to be a teacher now well I think it's always been tough to be a teacher (laughs) but maybe we're just figuring that out a little bit more another COVID
0: uh impact (laughs) or influence yeah could be I want to go back actually you know when you were talking about you know how your son is how what's the what's the dinner dinner table conversation like at the Jesperson household.
2: Yeah, we really try to make an effort to have dinner together. <laughs> and it doesn't always happen, but we try. Uh, and uh, I, 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 I've interviewed so many kids in my life as the host of Breakfast Television and, and as the Oilers in-game host that I learned uh, you can never ask kids yes-no questions. For an interview to, with a kid to be good or for a conversation with a kid to be good, you have to ask a question that cannot be answered with a yes or a no. Um, and it could be a simple question, like, what was the best part of your day? Or what's one thing you learned today? Or, you know, I'm sure that most people listening to this show will, will understand that strategy. But, yeah, I just want to pick his brain. But it's very, uh, like, he, he's, he'll, he'll spill the beans. He'll tell you what he thinks. He'll tell you how he feels. He's, uh, he's uh, It's neat that way. And so I just always want him to feel. And, again, like, it's different. I have friends whose kids are 20, right? Like our eldest is seven and, and we have a three, four month old, like, you know, we're just getting started again. Um, but I just hope that ultimately that, uh, he wants to keep talking to me, that he wants to keep telling me stories, that he trusts me with his stories. And, um, you know, my parents are always, um, approachable in a way, like not to minimize the like journey of a family out of like a very religious situation like there's a lot that, that's not the purpose of this podcast and, and that would take some time to talk about but the way that my every member of my family navigated that and, and and more difficult for some than others right um but um you know through it all there was always open communication and it oftentimes happened like while we were breaking bread you know that was that was uh always important I remember our family my dad's dad, Stan Jesperson, he was down in. he was like the one guy that out of all, all the, we're all, you know, Spruce Grove, Stony Plain, Westlock for people that don't know, kind of just West of Edmonton, um, dairy farming, like some of the biggest dairy farms in the province and, and, and a lot of, you know, agriculture. Um, my grandpa joined the air force in the second world war, stayed down in Calgary, met his bride, stayed there, raised his family as we were the city slickers. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so it was always it was sort of neat to connect with family back on the farm. But down in Calgary, my grandparents created their own uh, social circle. They were big in the church. And, and I remember, like, Sunday dinners at their house would oftentimes have someone from a different faith background. You know, one, one of my grandpa's very good friends was Jewish. And he would um, sit around that table with us at, during, like, significant Christian holidays. And my grandpa would ask him to talk about his traditions and share about his you know beliefs or convictions or whatever, um, in a way that was always just to me just seemed normal, and um, you know you you later think about these principles and they talk about like the steps of highly effective people or whatever or or maybe the characteristic of a good talk show host and that is to seek to understand, and I feel like maybe I didn't even realize what it was at the time or what I was witnessing at the time, but influential people in my life, including my dad and my dad's dad, both. Continue, or not, you know, may my grandpa rest in peace, obviously, but, but to, to seek to understand other people. And um, I hope that more of us do that more often. I think if we did, I don't know, it's supercharged right now. It's combustible right now. And um, I, just, I just think that there's something that's really simple and also magnificent about taking the time to solicit sincerely somebody else's point of view.
0: that's why you're here we i want your point of view about being a parent um do you have do you have so obviously we we all know your talk show i think we all have listened to it and seen and like the the guests that you have and it's like you know looking at current events and politics and all of that stuff do you have those sorts of conversations with your kid oh um or or is it, or is it removed yeah i mean
2: or do you want I, to? I, do you want
0: I, to have those conversations with you? Like, yeah. Well, like, I mean, I want him work. to. Let's yeah. Go we
2: yeah we wrestle with that like probably everybody in this room does, and and um you know about things like if there's like a school shooting or something or something tragic and horrible, um you know um I think like what happened with James Smith Cree Nation in Saskatchewan a short time ago and how you know this this nation I mean that First Nation and the and and the people you know across the country are. Like just crushed, and and um, Carrie and I had a conversation about how we wanted to talk to Wyatt about it, and we want him to know about things like that. But I also, I don't know, it feels strange to say it out loud with words. But like, I don't want him to think, you know, go around thinking he's going to get stabbed, you know, or that he's going to. Like, I tweeted about this a couple of well, I guess it would have been last year, using um, grade one, and and I picked him up at school, I do every Tuesday, it's one of my great traditions on Tuesday, I look forward to it, all week, to pick him up on Tuesday and uh, we're walking home and I said, what, you know, what was the coolest thing that happened today and he's like, oh, we had like a like a whatever they called it, like a, like a drill kind of thing and I was like, what happens? He goes, oh, you like get under your desk, it's like, a, you know, they like lock the door and put desk, you know and, 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 and I'm like, oh, it's like an active shooter scenario kind of a thing and um, I was just taken aback and I didn't actually, I, I was unprepared to talk to him about it I was rattled by it and I part of me was I guess initially like immediately almost kind of annoyed that we didn't like hadn't been prepared for it to think about how we would talk about it to our kids And but then at the same time part of me is just being reasonable and like whatever it's life and that they have to do that And maybe they didn't send me an email and I missed it <laughs> but uh, you know in, in that scenario to think you know, I put it out there, and I, and I asked, I had hundreds of responses. I said to people, like, how do you talk to your kids about that? What would you do in that situation, grade one, you know, whatever. And people are like, well, you say that, you know, you have to learn to, like, isolate your classroom in case, like, a moose gets into the school and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay, there's that strategy. <laughs> and then there's also just real life, and, and I guess you could explain to them about Sandy Hook and other horrible things. Um, but I don't know. I wrestle with that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't,
0: I, you could probably tell by the way I'm answering that I don't quite have it figured out. Yeah, I don't either. I'm a teacher too. Like as I kind of mentioned, I, I have, I still struggle with having those sorts of conversations with my kid and and a classroom of you know 35 high school students. Yeah. Too. It's, it's something. That, well, I don't feel prepared. But you've already kind of said that prepared yeah. to talk about. It. Well, I want to find the. It's I want to so find the. I want
2: to be able to ride the line and like find the balance of like when are when are you sort of like compromising a, a child's innocence which is a beautiful thing uh, but also kind of like burying your head in the sand and, not, and, and almost becoming I don't want to say irrelevant but like a little bit embarrassing you know the parent that's like on their wedding night and you're like well, let me talk to you about sex
0: yeah.
2: and they're like yeah
0: and I've been to Vegas 11 times <laughs> you know you know what I mean so how are you going to talk about sex that was the next question with what yeah okay. <laughs> Uh, no but seriously, I
2: without identifying any you know anybody. Uh, you know, someone in in our life that's close to us has a, a, a child that's like fifteen and they're like they're like you know, I, I asked them the same question that you did. I mean you're joking, but but I wasn't. And we're sitting around having a glass of wine this summer and I was like, how how are you talking to them about like you know you know, you know? And they're like, Well yeah, just talking about you know, being safe and being responsible and I'm like, Really? Like it, like it, it's. I'm kind of like, oh, like, you know. I'm not saying it's right or effective. I don't want people to roll their. I mean, like, I I grew up in this, you know, from from the school of abstinence, right, where everyone was pretending like nobody was doing the deed, and so there were no actual conversations about like healthy sexuality or masturbation or contraception or abortion or like there were it just. And I'm not talking about my nuclear family unit. I'm talking about the whole community, the school I went to, the, you know, everything, and so, but also, I don't know, I'm like, maybe part of me is still a little bit, like, I'm like, you really, you, talk, you bring that up with your 14-year-old, really, but I, I mean, I guess, right, I'm like, that's only seven years away.
0: Still in denial you. I'm hoping public education will come through. Yeah, right the yeah exactly. Was last year, come did, on, sex ed. Yeah, they did sex ed. And
2: but seriously, do we want to go down yeah. that? I mean, like how how important? It, like sex ed is so important. I I, I honestly just really believe. Uh, this is why I get all fired up in conversations about things like curriculum and 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 you know different standards for education and. I mean, I, I'm a, I, I went to a, a couple of private schools growing up that I actually quite enjoyed. Um, and I also believe that uh, one of the, you know, in the most formative years of my life, attending a public high school was really important for me, and I did. Um, so I kind of have both experiences. But, yeah, I feel strongly that, that um, and I know a lot of people feel like, oh, certain things shouldn't be taught in the school. That should be up to the parents. And, uh, I'm not so sure
0: about that, actually. <laughs> um... That's, you look like you want to say something about like no, no, that. I want to say it's your it's here. you're answering these questions. Um, new kid, new baby. How how is that transition like having one like going to to two and how why it react. And
2: yeah, everything was uh, great. Yeah, why why it's just old enough to sort of like really want to be helpful and involved and. Um, he's thrilled to be an older brother. and There doesn't, at this point, appear to be much jealousy at play. I think he's just excited about it. He wanted to be a brother for a long time. Um, he had to wait. You know, it wasn't it wasn't our plan to have seven years between, but that's the way that the universe wrote the story, and so that's the way it is, and I think they're going to have a wonderful relationship. And Any and, tips I, I'm
0: expecting? Well, my oh, girlfriend's wow. expecting November five weeks. Oh, Thursday, congratulations. November. I didn't know that. Ten year difference. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's <laughs>
2: yeah, no, I don't have it. I'm not the expert. I'm just, like, okay. I just, I just feel like Wyatt, um, he, he, he would see the, and, and it's also great to be an only child. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's, it's, like, we had, we had six years, just us, this unit of three, and our dogs we love, but, like, just this unit of three, and, 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 and I understand what it's like, like, all these conversations, I think women have to face the comments a little bit more. But like, you know, when are you gonna have a baby or when are you gonna have another one or why don't why don't you have a baby or you're like whatever and it's like none of your fucking business. People people do not realize what they do to someone and how they just change someone's day in the worst way by asking questions that are none of their business. And um, I feel so strongly about that, man. Um, tell us how you Yeah, but like none of your fucking business. Um that's how I feel about that. Um, but Wyatt, real, and so I think it's wonderful families that have one kid, and that's great. And, you know, um, Wyatt, though, definitely wanted to be a brother and talked about it a lot. And so it was a real thrill when we, when we were uh, actually surprised to become pregnant, and, um,
0: and it's been great. Awesome. Great. That's awesome. Um, shift here is usually, you know, most of our guests have been kind of like,
1: bands,
0: like punk rock singers or guitarists, or that sort of thing, and so we always kind of usually ask them about you know a new album or something like that. And that's not the case with you, but you do have a new podcast, okay? yeah. And so, do you want to like what's what's kind of like in the future for Ryan Jesperson and, and yeah you know, Relay um That's yeah well stuff. we so
2: you're this is a, this is kind of a neat you gotta plug, plug yourself here you okay yeah what, well, well what can expect? so we um uh, today's been a big day for me as a matter of fact um we just did our uh recorded our last show in uh our studio 1.0 and that was our original studio that we opened our first show was november 23rd of 2020 uh, we've done about 485 episodes i think since then and um, and, and, the, and the final one in that studio was today before wow. this. And so I've been really looking forward to this and, and uh, the beers taste a little bit, a little bit better than yeah. they even normally do here in <laughs> Arcadia uh, right now because today was a really special day. And uh, over the uh, next week, Monday to Friday, we're moving into a new location, a, a new studio, a bold move um, in the Mercer Warehouse just across oh, from wow. Rogers Arena, uh, Rogers Place. And um, yeah, so we, we've taken on, a, it's like, it's not crazy, but it's about 2000 square feet. Um, as Carrie, my wife, observed, I didn't build a studio, I built a bar with microphones, and uh, so we're really excited about that, and uh, it's, gonna, you know, everyone's invited, and uh, and it's exciting for us too, we're growing our company, um, Real Talk's doing really well, it's sort of a, you know, I call it like a prairie-based podcast, it's definitely kind of a Western Canadian voice, um, and we have really strong Uh, strong subscriber base and and people that tune in daily uh, in Alberta and BC, Saskatchewan for the most part it's kind of an Alberta podcast Um, the new project every Wednesdays it's out uh, 30 minutes or less uh, with myself and Supriya Deveni out of Toronto called Seriously, people can check it out at seriouslypod.com, we promise to cut through the noise of the stories making news across the country and approach it from a, a, a real life perspective, this is what this means boiled down and why it matters to you And then we've also got a great uh, sports podcast hosted by my friend Andrew Walker called The Hedge. You can check out thehedgepod.com. And he talks a lot about sports across the country, professional sports, obviously, with the angles on fantasy and betting, which are obviously huge these days and of great interest to people. And and Wax is doing really well building that
0: base. People can check out all the properties at RelayDigital.ca. Awesome, thank you. One, maybe two, two two more questions. Uh, Any... Are there any words of wisdom you'd like to leave for the dads, future dads out there listening?
2: Um, yeah, and I have gone back to this one ever... It's like, you know, you always want to have, like, one good joke in your pocket. Someone's like, tell me a joke, and you always kind of got to go, you no know, one, you don't want to be stammering and not have something. Uh, when I first heard this quote, uh, it was at my university graduation, so this was, like, you know, like, I don't know, 24 years ago or something like that. And... Um, Pretty simple. I guess it works for dads, it works for anybody. That is that a person should always wear a coat with two pockets. In one pocket, a note that reads, I am nothing but dust and ash. And in the other pocket, a note that reads, the world was created for me.
0: Thank you for being here, man. Thanks for your time. Thank you for the invite. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed that. Donate. Tim's here. Tim actually came to the second ever Rad Dance thing. The whiskey tasting, I think it was. Now he's, now he's here.
2: Can I can I jump on for one quick second? Yeah, yeah. Um, to say one of the things I'd really recommend. Obviously, cash donations and e-transfer donations to Free Play for Kids are amazing. But one of the things that we're really proud to do uh, at Real Talk and... and Tim knows that we're gonna do this in perpetuity, is to sponsor a team. Um, and it's an annual commitment that you can make as an organization or an individual. We're proud to do it as a company. Um, and uh, it, it, it allows for uh, accessibility to sport for kids, uh, young athletes, and, and, and it really, as Tim can say it, as you look around on their website, you realize sometimes it has nothing to do with the sports. And, and it's, it's actually saving kids' lives. And I'm not even saying that with hyperbole. I mean it literally. Uh, We're so proud to support it, and they could use more and more of that support because, uh, tragically, uh, the demand and the need for the programs that they offer is so great and so significant. And so I would recommend anybody that hears this that has the means or that could get people together collectively to find the means to support and sponsor a team with Free Play for Kids would be
0: awesome. Sure.
1: All right, that was Ryan Jesperson on the Rad Dad Show. Thank you so much, Ryan, for being a supporter of Rad Dads and for sharing your experiences on the show. And thank you, everyone, who came and supported the event. And thanks to Arcadia Brewing, of course, for hosting. And thank you for listening. If you like this episode, it would mean a lot to us if you drop us a review on iTunes or Spotify. And if you're looking for more Rad Dads content, find us wherever you get your podcasts or give us a follow on social media. On Instagram, you can find us at, at rad__dads__show. Underscore underscore and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at, at Rad Dads Show. Lastly, Rad Dads is first and foremost a community organization aimed at positive parenting. You can check out what we do over at raddadsyeg.com. That's raddadsyeg.com. We want to see you at the next event. Thanks for tuning in. In the meantime and in between time, stay rad.